0: Hey folks, welcome to the final episode of the Cricket World Cup Daily Podcast. For those of you who are just tuning in from um, watching the finals yesterday, what can I say? This was truly not just one-off, but the best one-day international game ever. England and New Zealand fought amazingly to the end and... The regular match was a tie. It went into the super was a tie on the last ball. It went into the super over, which was also a tie on the last ball. And finally, England had to go through on the boundary count. I mean, it it, it couldn't get it couldn't get better than this. This was the World Cup final, uh, the best final ever, of course. But it was also the best ever one-day international game in the history of the of cricket and it was played at Lord's in the home of cricket by the two best teams in the world and we still couldn't separate the, the two after uh, after all these uh, amazing uh, events of the day. Let's analyze this game, let's see what this game means for the game of cricket. It was truly uh, one of the best games we've ever seen. So there was a lot of excitement yesterday um, right from the, the get-go the people were crowding at the Lord's ground um, I was watching the members uh, of the Lord's ground they were waiting to get into the game and they were just waiting to enter the stadium and there was even an old man an uh, elderly gentleman who just paced through the gates to get a seat uh, in the members pavilion there was so much of excitement and as I was mentioning on Friday um, it was, I, was, I was looking forward to a great contest in the finals between England and New Zealand. Previous World Cup finals have been uh, massive one-sided games and have been huge disappointments uh, for the spectator. The game, the, the ODI game has been sort of lagging behind. It, was, it, it does get boring and really the audience is now uh, just the purist who watches the test matches or um, most of the people are just happy to watch a, t- a 3- T20 game and, and get by with it. So the one day international game uh, in in its current position really needed uh, a thriller of a final uh, and both England and New Zealand did not disappoint uh, when the game began. So New Zealand started, they started off pretty well um, but the English bowlers were really trying to keep up the pace. Um, Chris Wilkes opened the bowling, Joffrey Archer tried to um, keep up the pace from the other side. And there were a couple of early shouts for uh, Martin Keupil and Nichols, but uh, eventually, um, uh, eventually Nichols was was given out. Uh, overall, I think it was um, sorry. So initially, there was a, there was a call for Nichols, and he was able to scrape through uh, by, by by retaining his review. So England was still not getting the initial breakthroughs, but. Um, that soon changed, uh, and uh, finally they were able to uh, get get the wicket of, of Martin Guptill for 19. There was a lot of talk about Guptill hitting, getting a good score, but uh, that was not to be. Um, Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor um, tried to make useful contributions, but England never really allowed them to settle. There was great bowling by, by Palyam Plunkett, uh, Mark Wood. Um, Nichols and, and Tom Latham uh, tried to put on a partnership, uh, but they were never really uh, completely pinned down. Uh, they were never really uh, sorry, England was never com- they were never really completely pinned down, and they eventually managed to uh, keep New Zealand uh, restrict New Zealand to 241. Um, this was uh, again a total that was competitive. Maybe they could have um, New Zealand could have aspired for 10 to 15 runs more. But um, uh, it was uh, it was good bowling by Plunkett and, and others as they tried to um, uh, keep up the pace. So um, next, then uh, Nichols and Taylor tried to fight hard. There was um, uh, there was good batting, but I think uh, New Zealand finished at two forty one. It was competitive. It was uh, tough, but it was also game on. Um, so, England then came out to bat and um, they had a pretty tight start as well. Jason Roy and Johnny Bairstow looked good, but uh, again, they were out pretty quickly uh, for not a very big score. Joe Root was out quickly. Uh, Owen Morgan was out to a fantastic catch by Lockie Ferguson and um, uh, it for, for a while, uh, you know, in the in the first half of, of England's chase, they it, it really looked shaky. It, appear, it appeared that this dream would uh, would, would come by and uh, New Zealand would actually win the World Cup. But um, at 82 for three, uh, Ben Stokes uh, joined on Morgan. And even though Morgan was out on, a, on an amazing catch, uh, Butler, who, who, who joined after uh, Morgan was, was out, joined Stokes. And the two put together... The partnership of the match. Um, they put on a 100 plus run stand and they took England to within uh, within 50, uh, within close to 50 runs uh, from from 55 runs to from 40 balls and it was going good when uh, Tim Saudi who was a substitute fielder got, um, got <clears throat> Butler out and then very soon uh, Plunkett was out too and then all of a sudden it was England requiring 22 from 10 balls, uh, at which point, um, uh, that is after Plunkett got out. And I think at this point is when uh, the drama completely, uh, the drama completely began. So here we are. Liam Plunkett is just out. England need 22 of um, England need 22 of of nine uh, 22 runs from nine balls when Ben Stokes hits hits uh, a, hits a shot right at the boundary and Trent Boult has been waiting there to take um, take the catch takes an amazing catch at the boundary but just as he takes the catch he steps on to the boundary rope and it's a six. Can you believe it? This is the point where England need 22 runs from 9 balls. Ben Stokes is on 62 or 63. And at this point, if he was out, I think England would have lost the game. So this was like the first big, huge turning point for New Zealand. And this was like, if you're looking back at the game, if you look at the various points where New Zealand were unlucky, this was that one point where Trent Boult, who against the... Um, against the game against West Indies, took a similar catch at the boundary and was exceptional on the field. Uh, you know, and these guys have played the IPL. They've, they've played T20. They've practiced this over and over again. And what 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 really happens is as you're at the boundary, you're about to take a catch, you, the, the trend today is to take the catch, wait for your partner fielder who's also running in to support you and you throw the ball back into him while you escape um, uh, the, the boundary line so that the ball still stays within the field of play and it's a legitimate catch. You've seen this a number of times in the last few years in T20, in one-day internationals, you know, uh, cricketers practice this all the time. But here it was in, by the unluckiest of margins, Trent Paul took the catch, did not realize for a split second that he was just at the boundary edge and just, and he, and, and just as he was taking those few steps back after the catch, he, his foot stepped onto the rope. And so even though he tossed the, the ball up uh, into, into Guptill's hands, it was a six. Um, I really appreciated Martin Guptil, who did not, you know, who actually made the umpire's job easier by straight away indicating that it's a six even though it is this high pressure situation where everything really counts. So there we are, Ben Stokes is saved, Joffre um, Archer is now on strike and England need 15 from 7. Um, so Joffre Archer, um, uh, so England keep prodding the 22-9, they, they get it down to 15 from 7 uh, at which point Joffre Archer is bold first ball. Uh, that he faces. Uh, So that leaves us to 15 from the last over and you have Trent Bold bowling the last over and oh my god what um, the last over was just the best ever uh, that you can ever imagine for a World Cup final. So you can imagine how the story is unfolding at this point. Ben Stokes is um, on, on strike with England needing 15 from the last over. He has taken England, he's kept the fight for England alive. Uh, he's kept England's hopes still alive. And 15 from six is not terribly um, impossible, except that uh, it's Trent Bolt who's bowling this final over, who's been one of the best standout bowlers of the world cup uh, and for new zealand so here is ben stokes facing um, trent bolt and it truly is um, an amazing and interesting way to look at how things unfolded i got to try and get back on he won't take the run it makes it harder 15 from five so there you are, uh, Ben Stokes doesn't run because he knows that if he takes a single, it's going to be um, uh, Adil Rashid who's going to face the next ball, so he doesn't want that to happen. And so it's 15 from five balls. He was gonna go thinking I can get two, but when didn't go past Williamson, he said, no way, I've gotta hit fours and sixes. I'm gonna... And so he keeps um, the momentum going and very soon it is uh, 15 from 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 five, and Trent Bold runs to bowl, again. With it. it's from four now. Are so, important. so basically, what happened? Uh, there was Trent Bold bowled another ball, and uh, Ben Stokes hit it to the exact same fielder or a similar region, and again he did not, he refused to run because uh, it was going to be um, Adil Rashid back on strike, and he did not want that to happen. So if you heard me play that a few times, it was because I really wanted to capture the excitement there. So it was 15 from 4 and then suddenly Ben Stokes hits a a flamboyant 6 off Trent Bolt and England suddenly need Uh, nine out of uh, three balls what happens next is really one of the greatest pieces of uh, action and, and drama that we've seen on a cricket field so with England needing nine runs from three balls it was really going to get tough at this point but what happens next is really the stuff of dreams that you can only imagine in your while uh, that you can only imagine but it, it never really happens. So Trent Bolt bowls the ball, Stokes hits it towards the boundary, starts running hard and it looks like it's going to be two runs but what happens is as Guptil throws the ball towards the keeper and um, Stokes is running back to complete the second run and keep the strike he dives forward and as he dives forward his outstretched bat hits the ball that is that is coming and that is that is being thrown by Guptill and is coming to the keeper and the ball takes a cruel deflection from Stokes' bat and races away to the boundary. The umpires look around the field are stunned and and suddenly England is awarded six runs. Can you believe it? From nine from three, they get a six, an accidental six as it's being called in, in the media. And they're now back to three from two balls. listening in on the action. Goes again. Can he give the strike away? This is a big moment, they've got to run. They go to the other end. Oh, he gets in the way. This has got to go all the way to the boundary of the bat. Purpose. he can't do anything about it he does apologize it is to six New Zealand can't believe it and so this this amazing thing has been um, spoken of as the equivalent of um, Maradona's hand of God goal in 1986 against England uh, people are calling this as Ben Stokes's bat of God uh, and really it is something that um, that really tipped the game in England's favor by the smallest of margins and uh, as a result of this there were basically three runs from from two balls Um, and it was really really interesting to watch so finally what happened was uh, it was three runs from two balls Ben Stokes hit the first one Uh, he ran for the second Uh, Rashid was out he sacrificed himself which was a nice thing to do and I think Trent Bolt Rude. the missed opportunity to uh, get Stokes run out, had the throw from the fielder been on to the striker's end. It was still looking very tense. It was two runs needed from one ball for any chance for uh, us uh, for him to stay in the game because they needed two runs to win and just one run uh, would have tied the game. So it's two runs now from one ball. Ben Stokes uh, hits the ball and they they dash for for a single. It's now a tie, and they dash for the second. But at which point, uh, wood is obviously run out, and so the game goes into a super over. One ball is After seven weeks, we are not done yet. So now the teams move into Super Over. Um, The Super Over rules um, were such that uh, the team batting second would bat first. The fielding side would choose which end to bowl. Um, obviously, the team scoring more runs in the Super-Over would win. Um, if the Super-Over, um, there were only two wickets per team, and if the Super-Over is tied, the team hitting more boundaries in their innings and in the Super-Over, they win. Now, this last bullet was what actually made the difference in this game, uh, in, in the result of this game, and you know, unfortunately, these were the rules that were written, and we'll talk about that in just a bit, but this was the Super-Over, and the teams uh, were now heading to the Super-Over. England came out to bat. They sent in Stokes and Butler. Um, they tried uh, to really keep up the pace. Took um, they had three runs in the first one. Um, the, there were four. They, they took a single in the next one. Ben Stokes hit a four, and so on. There were eight runs of three balls. Um, a single again. Uh, another single in the next two balls, and finally they finished it off with a four, um, which was about 15 runs. Uh, for um, New Zealand to win, New Zealand they come out to bat. Uh, interestingly, New Zealand sends uh, Jimmy Neesham uh, along with Kapital. Uh Kane Williamson uh, later confirmed that he sent they send Kapital even though he was not in good form because he was and uh, he is an an incredible runner between the wickets. In any case, Jimmy Neesham took strike first and Joe Archer, which was. Um, a special, um, which is is really special for him to bowl the Super Over, but it was really interesting that the team trusted him. He bowls the first one ball as a wide. Can you imagine in a Super Over, where every run matters, he bowls a wide. Um, So New Zealand need um, 15, uh, so they they required 16 to win and now it's 15 from 6. Jimmy Nishim uh, goes for a run, they go for two runs, they need 13 from 5. Uh, at which point jimmy Neesham hits a massive six and brings it down to seven from four and at this point new zealand are really fancying themselves to to win uh and just as they're doing it uh, there's a slight misflip from jason roy that brings them to five uh, runs from three balls um so jimmy Neesham again um they go for uh two runs um it's uh the, the fielding is just okay, and you know this must scrape through. And Jimmy now requires uh, New Zealand needs three runs from two balls. Um, Jufra Archer bowls a short ball, and they still s- steal a single, which brings them to two runs from one ball. And this is Martin Guptil facing the final ball of the uh, New Zealand uh, super over. They need they need two runs to win, and it is the last ball. To win, Gutter's gonna push them to. They've got to go. It's got to has got to go in to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. By the barest of all margins. Absolute ecstasy for England. Agony. Agony for New Zealand. And that's what happened. New Zealand just. um they, they needed two runs in the final ball, they managed one and Kapil was run out going for the second um, and so the super over was also tied in the last ball and England went through on the basis of having um, a larger, um, a higher number of boundaries. And so there you were, England, uh, world champions for the first time, um, it was really an amazing moment for them. So <clears throat> there you have it. Uh, England won uh, the the ICC Cricket World Cup for the first time in the history of the game. And in just looking at this whole game, uh, I spent all day yesterday just thinking about this game. It was uh, such an amazing game of cricket. And as Pal writes in ESPN Cricket Info, if this game just ended today for some reason the game stopped and nobody played it anymore I think we're all lucky to have seen such an amazing game uh, I mean think about the odds this is the World Cup final between uh, two of the best teams the regular game is a tie on the last ball there is a super over which is also a tie on the last ball there is a hand of God or a bat of God moment that miraculously saves England um, there is a uh, England and brings them closer to actually get to this tie. there is uh, a Trent bolt catch that just is that, that is denied because of a misstep that keeps Ben Stokes alive. All of these things keep England in the game and it's a tie in the in the regular game and then as I mentioned it goes into super over which is also a tie and which is also a tie on the last ball and the game has to be decided based on boundary count, which is, it's its arguable, it's, it's a rule that the ICC has set up and it's probably gonna be debated and it's also gonna be changed later. But think of all these odds, there is, um, the regular game ends in a tie off the last ball with some magical moments uh, like the bat of God moment, the accidental catch that, or the, the accidental st- stepping on the boundary that denies the catch and gives it a six. You know, all these moments and the match ends in a tie on the last ball, it goes into super over and then it ends on a tie in the super over, again on the last ball and finally England have to win this based on boundary counts and all of this is happening in Lords, the home of cricket, where, which is like the, the ultimate for cricket and it's the place, it's the holy grails of cricket where history is... The game is etched in the annals of uh, history in such a rich way. It's just hard to describe the feeling, like um, how this happened, and, and what a what a what a fantastic game. The game had everything. It had drama. It had uh, agony. It had ecstasy. Uh, you got a feel for New Zealand. They really fought hard. They really tried hard. And <clears throat> technically. They, the game was the actually a tie, they didn't actually lose the final, they tied it even with the Super Over. And unfortunately because of the rules, they had to uh, come second because they scored a few boundaries. Uh, there's a lot of debate over, over these rules, uh, people are saying maybe the trophy should have been shared. I personally think that um, if the Super Over was tied, they should have had rules such that the. Team that won in the league stage, or the uh, would go through, or based on more, 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 more number of points in the league stage, or based on the head-to-head in the, in the league stage. Uh, but I think uh, it was still um, it was hard. It, I mean, think you 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 got a feel for New Zealand. They came so close. This was the second World Cup final, and uh, it hurts to be to go down as the losing team. But that's it. hats off to England. They really came. Uh, they were the better team Uh, I would say they they fought harder uh, in this game I think it's it's unfair to say they were the better team because both teams played really well but I think when it comes to the margins of errors and the 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 little things that made a difference England had luck on their side Um, credit to Ben Stokes who really fought back and took the game to the wire Uh, I think if if not for him and his his gutsy um, Elegance. I don't think England would have had a chance at all. All in all, I think this was great for the game of cricket. Um, I was personally losing a lot a, a interest in the ODI format, but I think this game has revived it. Uh, what is interesting also is that England played this final uh, at the at their home ground, and England has been losing interest. The England public has been losing interest in cricket for a while, so this game was actually aired uh, on free-to-air television. Uh, so a, a number of people who did not have access to Sky were still able to see the game and enjoy it, and I think um, it was a great um, opportunity for them. the The game is cricket is not really telecast, free to air in England anymore, uh, but this was they made an exception for this um, because England had reached the final, and I think it was very well deserved. I think for me personally, this was um, just the significance of you know. The two best teams playing the two best um, game, playing playing such an amazing game uh, in a World Cup final at Lords was amazing. The idea that a World Cup final at Lords has to be tied at the at regulation at the and at the end of the regular period and has to go into a super over and is also tied in the super over is just really hard to fathom. Uh, I think it's been a, a great tournament. It's been a great advertisement for cricket. Uh, congratulations to England on being the new World Cup champions. I do hope New Zealand uh, get a chance to win the World Cup as well again. Um, and it's, I'm hoping that the game of cricket stays alive. And kicking. Folks, folks, um, we've come to the end of uh, the Cricket World Cup Daily Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed uh, the coverage. Yesterday was not just um, a great, uh, uh, the, world, the best ever game of cricket, it was also uh, one of the best Wimbledon finals we've seen where uh, Robert, um, Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic went head to head. It was, uh, the game went into the fifth set and it went into the fifth set tie-break, and it went, which was, went out to 12-12, and they had to play out a tie-break in the fifth set, in Wimbledon, in the finals, between the two best players in the world. Uh, again, it just couldn't get better than this. Um, Djokovic eventually uh, scraped through uh, at the at the tiebreaker, And uh, it was also a great day for Britain, British sport, because... Um, uh, Lewis Hamilton also won the British Grand Prix at Silverstone um, yesterday. So all in above I think this is a great time um, for British sport and yesterday was a great Sunday for all of sports lovers uh, across the world especially for uh, Britain. I hope you all enjoyed coverage of the Cricket World Cup daily podcast. Um, Stay tuned for more podcasts about cricket that we will be uh, sharing with you soon. Uh, look back and listen into the previous episodes, and hope you all enjoyed and had a great time. Um, <clears throat> thank you all for listening in. Uh, a quick plug: all of the information that uh, I've used to have this podcast is available uh, on the internet. If you do a Google search, it's all through various news sources. Um, I definitely have leaned heavily on writings from ESPN, Quick Info. Uh, So this is a disclaimer uh, regarding that. Uh, Very, very few episodes have had some clips from, um, again, from uh, YouTube videos. Uh, Again, I I have no uh, interest in commercializing any of this. Uh, And uh, this is just for... um, representation purposes Uh, it's only meant for uh, enhancing uh, the for providing context to you all as to what the events are so again this is a disclaimer for that as well all right folks hope you all had a great time and see you all next time